need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Okay, welcome everybody to another China Business Cast. We are into the next set of digits, number 60, episode 60. So, slow-mo. Yeah, we're getting there. How how are you doing? We're in the getting end of, end of April here, and how was your holiday? Uh, holidays was were great. You also had your holidays. Um, we're celebrating Passover for seven days. Had more time with the family, traveling, and actually just uh, on yesterday, no, the day before, actually, uh, we had another trip that was not Passover, but we've decided that we're going to do more trips. So we're trying to do at least once a week, maybe just a, a few hours. Um, so. Yeah, it's been really nice. It's been really nice. You had a big event, I know. Uh, that was a cross-border summit that we spoke about last time. Yeah. And I really want to hear, how, how was it? I mean, we spoke a little before the recording, but... Um, sure. Uh, you can interview me for the next show. <laughs> I mean, Let's do that. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> if you want Mike other. to be interviewed... Actually, I thought about it before. Um, if yeah. you want Mike to be interviewed, let us know. Um, if there are more, if there are enough votes, I'll go, I'm going to interview Mike. Yeah. Maybe in a WeChat group, we could, uh, get some, get some, get some votes going in there. But yeah, I mean, as far as just really quick for the summit, it was, it was the biggest conference I've ever done. It was two full days, over 35 speakers, multiple tracks. So our team definitely stepped it up and we, uh, we did a great job. And, you know, I think we were just, it's just been a couple of days. So we're seeing it in all the local news. And like I was saying, also one lesson I've, I haven't made a Chinese name yet for the conference. So it's caused some issues with Chinese media because they don't really know how to name, how to call us. Um, so, so Wendy and my wife has been talking to them and they have seen, uh, different, uh, different names they're make, kind of making up like things like that. So it's just make, uh, they made, they made funny names or things yeah. that are. You know, I mean, kind of generic ching. I guess if you chinglish, like you know, the international global e-commerce, okay, world summit or something like that. So you know, it's like I don't know. Chinese just seems to have a lot of re- repetition sometimes. The ultimate name, but, best. Yeah, exactly. E-commerce like, summit. So many super. But yeah, I mean, it was a great success. So so just still kind of you know digesting it, getting all the feedback, and making sure we collect every every uh, positive and constructive feedback to make it even better next April. Which I know Shlomo's coming, maybe speaking. <laughs> right? Well, definitely, if you comment, you got to share. So uh, yeah, we'll, definitely, we'll keep can we'll keep people posted. Definitely can. Happen. Cool, cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, we we're we're recording this. We're recording this two days after the conference, and the show would be up in a few days. But uh, Mike and I spoke before this recording and he's definitely on the recovery mode right now um, from the conference, catching up. And I guess, I hope, get some rest, get some resting. Just trying, trying. <laughs> yeah, but it's just just like, uh, yeah, community is where it's at, right? Just, uh, to, you know, community. So we're talking about the China Business Cast community. How's, how's that going, Shomo? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I took myself to, uh, run the WeChat group and the community of our listeners, China Business Cast. We're going to give you all the details for the WeChat group in a minute. And we have one interesting initiative from our listeners. This is, uh, Tim and he's from Australia and he has a mastermind group for Australians who are importing goods to China. He spoke with us and, um, told us about this initiative and we're happy to let our listeners know about this. So if you're interested to join this mastermind group, let us know on WeChat and we'll connect you. 
if you want to join the WeChat group, we have a very nice uh, China Business Cast WeChat group. You can either add me or Mike on WeChat, and then we'll add you to that group. Um, my username is ShlomoF. That's S H L O M O F, and Mike's username is my last name, which I know is a little bit difficult, but Michelini M is in Michael I C H E L I N I. Okay, this is why I never do the spelling of this. I'm afraid to. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Michelin tires with an I at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and we got some reviews. You read that one. We got a new review. Yep, let's go. So this one is from the United States. Five stars saying highly recommended. And BL Winters is the user. And he says, the hosts clearly understand the modern business climate in China and do a great job with the guests. It's it's helpful to hear from entrepreneurs at various size companies sharing their experience with diverse and massive market. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you, BL Winters. Appreciate that effort on uh, giving us a supportive review and uh, hopefully more can do that too. It really, we really actually, every time we do this recording, Shulman and I are like, do we get any reviews? Do we get any reviews? <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want our attention, reviews do help. Yes, you'll be, uh, you'll get a shout out. Okay. Yeah. And now for, for our guests, Shulman, who do we got this week? Yeah, um, this week we got uh, Rebecca Fenning, aka also known as the Silicon Dragon Lady. Uh, I interviewed her speaking about her events and about the difference between the startup ecosystems around the world because she's doing worldwide events uh, in many, many places. She's also written two books. So she has a very wide perspective of uh, what's going on around the world. It was an interesting interview. Tune okay, in. so let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another China Business Cast. Today, we got a really special guest, Rebecca Fanning. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. We're actually, for a long time, at this, we just spoke about this at the same circles, and we've met very briefly, but I'm really glad to finally have a chat with you after such a long time. I think it's been a few years already. Yeah, I think it has been. I We know one another online, and uh, we've met in person. Uh, so the two come together. Yeah, uh, we met in Beijing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. So Rebecca does a lot of events called Silicon Dragon. Let me read some about her bio and then we'll jump into the questions. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay. So Rebecca, you're a journalist and an author and media entrepreneur, and you're the founder of Silicon Dragon. You lead the news events and research group and writes a weekly column about innovation and venture investment trends at Forbes.com. And as I mentioned, uh, the two books that you you've uh, that you wrote are Silicon Dragon. That's the first one, and Startup Asia, right? Right. And I did a section for another book called Innovation in Emerging Markets, which came out last year. Oh, okay. I didn't and, know that. that yeah. The research didn't come up. It's more of a textbook with um, professors and academics and uh, experts in the field. Uh, but I wrote the whole Asia section for this book, uh, Innovation in Emerging Markets. Okay, great. So I, so I call it my two and a half books. <laughs> two and a half books. Okay. Uh, we'll add those in the show notes. Uh, I'll, I'll look up the last one and add, I'll add it as well. All right. So um, you've been doing a lot of things and I read some of your bio here. You want to tell our listener what you've been working on these days? Uh, sure. Um, well, in my uh, writing uh, sphere, I've been working on a China series for CNBC online. Okay. And um, I'm, the second article I've just finished, I'm doing another one uh, for CNBC. So that's exciting. 
and I'm doing my regular weekly Forbes column. And um, I've been working on the Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 uh, and nominated several up-and-comers and profiled several of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's another exciting project. And then I've worked on the KPMG uh, Global Technology Report, and uh, that's been ongoing for five years. So I've just finished that for mm-hmm. um, the last report. Oh, and, wow. That's uh, a milestone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of work that the uh, KPMG Global Technology Report. It's based on this huge survey, so eight, more than 800 people, uh, technology executives globally, and uh, I pull it all together and analyze it and interpret it and try to make sense of it. Okay, wow, interesting. So, well, I know you as the Silicon Dragon Woman. That's I think what you're most famous for. Can you tell me how this started? I guess the book came first and then the whole venture of the events and what you've been doing on right now happened? Yeah, that's right. Um, Actually, they call me the Silicon Dragon Lady. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but... uh, I think it's a compliment. uh, You're a dragon. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm a dragon. (laughs) So, uh, well, Silicon Dragon started uh, when I was in Shanghai and doing interviews with venture capitalists and uh, entrepreneurs uh, back about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, I was doing uh, separate articles for various magazines, including The Deal in New York. And uh, it just struck me that there was a much bigger story there, that uh, what was happening is that uh, the whole... China tech innovation was moving from the original copycats to the innovators. And right. I was seeing more and more examples of it. So I thought, well, uh, this really is is a book. And so I started work on 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 the book, which led to Silicon Dragon, which came uh, which was published in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was published in, you know, English and in Chinese, uh, simplified and and uh, also uh, for uh, the Hong Kong market. And so it, it um, and the Vietnam, Vietnamese and Arabic, it was translated quite a bit and it got good reviews. And so I was, you know, really excited by that. And <laughs> from that, I was following the um, venture capital flows uh, from China, from Silicon Valley into China, then into Asia. And I was seeing the patterns of what was had to happen in each of those markets, uh, spilling over into India and other leading markets. So I wrote a second book called Startup Asia. And I traveled a lot throughout, throughout Vietnam and Singapore and um, India and Australia, everywhere, New Zealand, mm-hmm. Taiwan, uh, interviewing, doing interviews and the second book came out in um, in twenty early twenty eleven. So based on those two experiences and all the contacts that I was making uh, with uh, leading venture capitalists and leading entrepreneurs in in these markets that were very quickly emerging, mm-hmm. um, I decided that um, that I would not only interview people and write about them, but I would put them on stage. So that okay. led to Silicon Dragon, the events. I see. Well, where was the first event, by the way? Was that in Beijing? No, the first one, I remember it very well. It was at uh, Silicon Valley's um, Rosewood location, right on Sand Hill Road. Mm-hmm. And I, it was in uh, March. And then uh, we had a, a great group of panelists uh, from the leading VCs who were doing 
uh, China deals from Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And then our second one was in New York City at the Harvard Club. What year was that? uh, Same year. Uh, I did three three in my first year um and the, the three yeah, 2010 10. uh so the first ones were silicon valley then new york then beijing and the beijing one was at uh Tsinghua software park and uh in the atrium there and um okay. i called it yeah so th- there was three in the first year and then it expanded to five the next year and so forth i'm, I'm got- going to go through through where you're at right now you're all over the place we're going to talk about this soon um, I wanted to uh, ask you a bit about the, uh, let's say, startup ecosystems around the world where people are tend to compare their ecosystem to Silicon Valley. On the other hand, there are other movements maybe you've uh, heard about, uh, as example, the Bay Area in Beijing saying, you know, every ecosystem has its own challenges, its own solution to build. Um, it's not a matter of comparing and looking up to Silicon Valley. It's each of its own. And I wonder what you think about this because you have this perspective of the different ecosystems. Right. Well, I think uh, every market uh, wants to uh, be a Silicon Valley. Or, and that's what we're seeing uh, happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, London, yeah, London has its own uh, Silicon roundabout. Uh, which there's a whole startup ecosystem that's uh, happened around uh, the shortage district around old street. Mm-hmm. And it's really been transformed in the last, just the last three or four years. Hong Kong has a startup uh, market and a startup ecosystem. There's a lot of incubators and accelerators there and Sydney, the same thing. Uh, of course, Beijing was one of the first of the hubs to really take off. Right. So, yeah, everyone has each of these markets has its own specialty as well. Uh, so, for instance, uh, fintech in London and in Hong Kong and in Sydney, hardware in Shenzhen and Taipei, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley is very um, hardcore technology and in AI machine learning. Uh, Los Angeles has its own startup hub that's uh, developed around digital media and virtual reality. Why do you think, why do you think the ecosystems are, are looking up to Silicon Valley and not just saying we are our ecosystem, we don't want to be them, we are us? It's, it's kind of the way you see. I mean, it's more, it's more towards, um, I guess, uh, um, uh, Asian uh, ecosystems, startup ecosystems, because I don't feel this as much as, let's say, in Tel Aviv here. Um, it's more of, let's say, Beijing and other places where we want to be Silicon Valley. Well, I think Silicon Valley is really the pinnacle of of the. It's the leading tech hub. If you look at if you look at the number of startups, if you look at the venture capital spending, if you look at the power, if you look at Silicon Valley, it's really the global Silicon Valley. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crossroads and entrepreneurs and venture investors all want to have some sort of footprint here. Uh, so other markets can have their own specialty, but Silicon Valley is the one that really encompasses all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, another question about comparing those ecosystems, um, but this more on a global point, not so much on, on the startup ecosystems. Mm -hmm. Visiting Europe and U.S. versus China versus recently Thailand, but Asia in general, it feels like the U.S. and Europe is, are are really missing the train and are behind of everything happening. And there is this, let's say, 
bustling entrepreneurship and tech that is happening in Asia. And it's much, much more advanced than in the US and obviously in Europe. And, and I wonder if you feel the same way. It's like they're not catching up. They're, gonna, they're, already, they're about to miss the train. Maybe they already missed the train. Uh, I might be very subjective about this feeling. And I wonder mm-hmm. if, if you have the same view. Well, it's, it's interesting because uh, when my first book, Silicon Dragon, came out, uh, it was, had the subtitle, How China is Winning the Tech Race. Uh, which mm-hmm. was a pretty strong statement um, pretty, uh, at that time, 2008. And the biggest pushback came from Silicon Valley. Uh, nobody in the Valley wanted to believe that uh, there could be another contender uh, as great as Silicon Valley. So, uh, yeah, we have seen um, we have seen Asia uh, come forward and um And China emerged as the second largest venture capital market in the world and China leading on a number of uh, new uh, innovations, particularly in the mobile area and in uh, mm-hmm. the financial area. Um, so China has uh, and other markets in Asia bypassed the personal computer era and went straight to mobile. So uh, the There's a whole generation there that just grew up on mobile devices and they're very plugged in to apps and messaging mm-hmm. and everything on it's all of Asia, I think. Yeah. Everything on mobile messaging and payments and e commerce and it's it's a whole other world and, and they're all mobile first. Yeah, it's mobile first and also the sharing economy is caught on very big uh in these markets. Um with Uh, the uh, ride sharing uh, is very, very popular, uh, not only for taxis, cars, and but now bicycles. Bikes now. Uh, yes, yeah. So, uh, I, I just visited Beijing. It's actually crazy what's going on there. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> In the street. <laughs> I know. I just got back myself from Beijing. and uh, Maybe more bicycles than people. <laughs> I think so. I think so. It's, uh, it's amazing. But it's fun to see because I remember when Beijing was uh, bicycles. And, mm-hmm. and, and no cars or very few cars. Um, and that, that mm-hmm. actually wasn't that long ago. I guess it was about 20 years ago. Um, less, than, less, less than 20 years less ago. Less than that. Less than that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I started going to Beijing regularly in 2000. Okay. Yeah. And, and 2001 and, and so forth and kept going for the whole, that whole decade and now continuing to go uh, quite often um, to China mm-hmm. and elsewhere in Asia. But yeah, it's it's been a total transformation of of uh, I've seen Beijing and Shanghai just totally transformed, and uh, I do I am sort of fond of the bicycle era, the old bicycle era. So I'm very happy to see uh-huh. these new bicycle bicycle sharing companies, um, startups uh, catch hold. So the U.S. missed the missed the train or not? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, well, it's true. I mean, New York and London have have bike sharing as well, but it's much more uh, regimented. You have yeah, you have to return the bikes to a, a specific docking station. Yeah, 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 and you can't unlock. You know, it's the one the business model in China is much more advanced, and the technology of unlocking with your QR code on your mobile phone to unlock the bikes right. and then like the. Uh, lock the bikes back up again. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about your events, uh, the Silicon Dragon events. You really created an in- impressive network as we spoke before 
of events all around the world. And um, you're connecting different ecosystems, not only in Asia, but also in the West. Um, I'm now reading from a list, a few of those, and this is for 2017. So you've got here San Francisco and Israel and London and Hong Kong, Sydney, New York, LA, Shanghai, San Francisco again, Singapore, and again, Hong Kong. That's just 2017, which is uh, very, very impressive. It's all over the place. How did you manage to build such a network? I mean, you, you just told me on the first year was three events, which is already impressive because it's not in one place. Um, but now it's, I, I didn't count, but there are many of those. Um, right. Uh, and last year we also did Sydney and Taipei. Uh, so some, some okay. markets we don't, we do, a re- we have a regular schedule of, of events in, in key places every year. So uh, Shanghai, we always do in September. Beijing, we always do in early spring. London, we do in very early spring. Uh, Israel now in, in mid-February. And mm-hmm. uh, Hong Kong, um, we do our annual awards event in, in mid-November in Hong Kong. We do uh, a- another event in Hong Kong at Cyberport in mid-April, and that one's coming up uh, April 12. In fact, I'm leaving for Hong Kong this weekend and for our April 12 event. But and we do New York City in June and, and L.A. in July. Uh, so, um, well, we really have followed um, what's happening in the market as this whole startup and tech and venture investment mm-hmm. system has gone into uh, other hubs. Uh, we, we've been right there with, with it. And, and now today, there's a lot of cross-border activity. So, for instance, mm-hmm. we're connected, right? And there are other people uh, like us who are in these circles globally. And they, they're they're right. moving around. They're go they're checking what's happening in, you know, in 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 Tel Aviv, and then then in Berlin, then in London, then maybe in Hong Kong, you know. And and people are traveling a lot today to, and doing a lot of cross border deals. And the whole, uh, right. you know, idea of China today is cross border investment and um, and mm-hmm. and tech companies going global. So this is something uh, that uh, we're just following the the trends in the market and uh, having events. So how do you start a new hub? How do you start a new hub? Yeah, Usually I'll go in and I'll do uh, I'll do a um, kind of a walk around and do uh, interviews with people there in the market to get a sense of what's happening in the market. And then I'll write some articles about it. Uh, I've done that in London. Mm-hmm. I've done that in Hong Kong. I've done that in Sydney, in Taipei, uh, mm-hmm. now Tel Aviv, too. So um, in Jerusalem, where I just got back from uh, last month, um, so y- you have to have a you have to have a sense of what's happening in the market. Who are the main players? Uh, what are the major trends in tech innovation, in venture investment, in angel investing, in crowd financing? You have to have a sense of the market. So for my content, um, I'm always wearing a content hat, so I'm always looking at things. <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking at. You probably have. <laughs> You probably have India coming up, right? Uh, we've done India, yeah. Oh, you've done India. Yeah. It's not on the list for 2017. Yeah. That's why I was yeah, asking. Yeah, we did. We did Bangalore, <laughs> uh, which okay. yeah, which is a logical market. And then you know, obviously, you know, when my books came out, I did I did book tours um, mm-hmm. around the world, and I and I did all these markets as an author as well. But that was before Silicon Dragon events. 
that that was a good initiation. But yeah, you have to stay you have, you have to stay current with the market. Things are things are happening so quickly. For instance, virtual reality. Now every market seems to want to get into virtual reality. I was in London and London has a virtual reality center. Uh, so does San Francisco. L.A. has its own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing how these trends happen so quickly. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's even one in Beijing. I mean, uh, Vive in in Beijing. That's HTC, and they have four. I think yeah, they have four uh, different hubs for accelerators. That's Taipei, Beijing, Shenzhen, and Silicon and Silicon Valley. Yeah. No. Um, and these are only AR VR. This is only AR VR accelerator. Yeah, we've had uh, HTC's Alvin uh, Alvin Wang Graylin speak at our events, uh-huh. um, and yeah, HTC is uh, leading a lot of it, and Alvin is running some of these venture alliances to help jumpstart the whole sector. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the interesting people that you're that you're uh, interviewing uh, as part of your work. And I want you to tell me which one was the most difficult one to bring to your event and which one was the most interesting one to interview. Oh, uh, well, you know, going back... And you can name more than one. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you really want. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's say two. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I remember uh, doing research for my book, Silicon Dragon, and I really wanted an interview with Alibaba, yeah, of course. Uh, back then, though, Alibaba was not not the powerhouse that it is today. Mm-hmm. And Jack Ma, of course, was uh, was the man to go see. Um, and I got the okay to interview him, finally. And today, that's a lot more difficult because uh, there, there are many, there's a whole infrastructure around Jack. But back then, you know, you could have more direct contact. But uh, anyhow, it was mm-hmm. still difficult to get the interview. And um, I got the interview uh, uh, one, uh, okay, one day before I was ready to leave Shanghai. Uh, and, um, so I, you know, I hired a car and went from Shanghai to Hangzhou for the day and did the interview. And Jack was, um, uh, Jack was, uh, always interesting to talk to. I've, I've talked to him several times since then, but that was the first in-person interview. And basically mm-hmm. he was talking about it, you know, how he did it. And a lot of the, a lot of these details is known today, but I was one of the first journalist, uh, Western journalist in, uh, to interview Jack Ma face to face, and many of these other people too, like Robin Lee of Baidu, I interviewed him mm-hmm. in Beijing at his office, and and then I interviewed his co-founder too, Robin's co-founder, who's not very well known, but that was a difficult interview to get um, to him, and to hear the whole story of, you know, how how Baidu really got started in Silicon Valley, and it wasn't just Robin, it was also his co-founder and a whole host of venture investors, but I got the whole story, you know, I got the whole picture from both sides, so, mm-hmm. and with Jack Ma, I interviewed many of the of the, company, of the people who were running various aspects of the business, including the Yahoo business, I interviewed him in Beijing, mm-hmm. and I interviewed a number of people who worked with, with uh, Alibaba over the years, and so th- those two stand out in my mind. Both were difficult to get interviews, um, but both were really interesting. And the 
the story of the Chinese entrepreneurs continues to be uh, fascinating. And uh, I like this story a lot as a journalist because this is the first generation that had actually broken through. Mm -hmm. Um, Their parents had gone through the Cultural Revolution. Many of them were raised by their grandparents. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, entrepreneurship was only beginning. Tech entrepreneurship was only beginning in China. So these people were all leading it and creating entire new market segments. Now, today, you've got uh, very leadership positions from Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, and a few others. But but then the the, the runway was uh, open. And right. there, there, there were a lot of interest store, interesting stories. I remember I interviewed the guy who started the eBay of China, uh, Bo Shao, who's now a venture investor at, at Matrix. And I told the whole story about how difficult it was uh, to to uh, to start up um, what was the eBay of China and eBay actually ended up buying his startup and uh, actually failed <laughs> with uh, failed with that acquisition but uh, uh-huh. there's been a lot of examples of American companies not doing well in China so that's not the first one I see I see okay I'll try my uh, I'll try my chance here a shout out to Jack Ma we want you on the show we want you on China Business Cast if you're listening please come <laughs> to the show <laughs> Okay, <laughs> maybe yeah, that will work. He's, yeah, he's very quotable. He's 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 a great storyteller <laughs> and uh, he's extremely quotable. And uh, you know, I heard him speak at the New York Economic Club um, a year and a half ago uh, uh-huh. yeah, at the Waldorf Astoria before the Waldorf had closed. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, it's closed now for renovation because uh, it's been uh, acquired by a Chinese company. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. But anyhow, that uh, I, I'm not sure the audience quite understood Jack, but um, that's okay. It's a whole different, whole different topic. <laughs> okay, um, Rebecca, we're towards the end of the interview, and uh, we got a section that we ask similar questions. Uh, I can't say all our interviews, but we try to do this as uh, as many times as possible. And the first question for you is: if you can recommend two books that you read recently to our audience that can help them with business? Well, the, the, the one book that stands out of my mind is written by uh, the chairman of the New York Angels, uh, Brian Cohen. Mm-hmm. And the, t- the title of the book is What Every Angel Investor Wants You to Know. And I, I really like that book because it, it's filled with case studies. It has a sense of humor. Uh, it, it has a lot of tips and it, it's just a really fun read, too. So that, okay. that one is very, very high on my list. And um Besides that, I, the, the the book written by um, Tim Draper's father, um, oh dear, uh, Draper Senior, <laughs> okay, uh, is a very good book as well, um, and about how how in he got into venture capital and his whole background is fascinating. Working at the world, uh, at the World Bank, and uh, the whole Draper family saga uh, mm-hmm. is is one that is good to understand if you're if you're interested in venture capital, you're interested in global venture capital because Draper's really done not only a U.S. but India, China, um, and elsewhere. I see. Okay. Uh, we're going to add this to the show notes uh, so that our listeners can just click away and, and find those books. Thank you for that. And the last question is, how do you make your empire work? What are maybe two tools that you use every day to make everything run? Um, well, I do use WeChat. 
And <laughs> that was an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, um, we we have an official account at Silicon Dragon at WeChat, and I have my own personal account, Rebecca Fanner at WeChat. So if you're dealing with China, you have to be on WeChat. But the interesting thing is, WeChat is in in other markets. Uh, for instance, in India, WhatsApp is the mar- is the messaging system to use. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Uh, it depends. You know, each market is different. Some markets like email, some markets like social messaging, some markets like like LinkedIn. Uh, Israel is very good on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with people in Israel, you use LinkedIn. So I've just found that <laughs> there are various <laughs> communications. In Thailand, it's LINE, by the way. Everybody has LINE or Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Yeah, or Facebook. Yeah, Facebook is definitely, you know, it, it's a social tool. I don't find it as, as effective professionally, but it, it can be, because, but it's all very socially oriented. And then Twitter in the U.S. is very, is is popular, although um, I think um, you, have to, you have to have many, many tools today in order to communicate and uh, effectively. It's, it's not just it 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 it's it, you have to have multiple tools uh from blogging to to columns for uh leading publications to websites to mm-hmm. social messaging and in various aspects so uh, instagram i find it is is it can be kind of fun and just to keep your you know your face current so um all of these tools and uh productivity tools um software that uh helps get the word out and uh so um it's um it's not easy because you're dealing with all of these all of these communication tools yeah yeah definitely um we're we're i don't know 50% of our work is on our phone chatting a lot yeah. of that yeah i mean people pe- some 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 groups uh also like the conference call <laughs> three or four way with various people on various time zones calling in on conference calls so uh, i i happen not to like that too much but uh some groups like that a lot so uh okay. you, you have to go you have to go with the flow <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Rebecca, last questions. How can people reach out to you? What's the best way to connect with you? Well, as I mentioned, uh, we're on Twitter and we have two accounts, actually three on uh, Twitter. R. Fannin uh, is the main one and then Silicon Dragon and Silicon Global. And then WeChat uh, is Rebecca Fannin and also at Silicon Dragon. Facebook, we have a Silicon Dragon Facebook page. All of our material is um, centralized at our website, uh, which is SiliconDragonVentures.com. All of our events are listed there. All of our news, our weekly newsletter, uh, Silicon Dragon News, goes out to subscribers. And um, you can find the newsletter on our site as well. Okay. So, yeah, all of the all of those avenues. <laughs> I'm go- I'm going to add those also at the show notes so people can have this everything in in one page. Okay. I'm add that. Okay, Rebecca. Sounds good. Okay, Rebecca. Um, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. it. Was a pleasure, pleasure having you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Take care now. Have a good day. Bye bye. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. Doing business in China is a complex world. 
you can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Businesscast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.